0: So we need to take a little step back here to look at the word truth before we can get into logic. What does the word truth mean? You know, when you think of the word truth, things like things that are that you accept uh, are real, or things that uh, uh, are said to be uh, existing in reality the so truth has to do with reality so for example if i see a mountain i said that yeah there is a mountain there so that's a truth now that's my perception of that mountain you know so, so this word truth is a tricky word to try to unravel <laughs> and we're going to try to do that here so let's let's get into it you know The word "truth," if you were to Google it, and in the dictionary it will be defined as that which is true, or in course, or in accordance with fact or reality. And so, so that is a simple definition of truth. In the, in the dictionary, you can find that in any dictionary. Anything that is true, anything, anything that is representing the truth, is the property of being in accord with fact or reality. So for example, I see a mountain and that's my perception. For me, there is a mountain there. So there is a truth that there is a mountain there, right? So truth is the property of being. Property of being means that there is a sense that that is the case. The internal sense we have as individuals That's, yeah, there is this mountain. There is is that nature outside. And that property of being, meaning there's being, meaning existence. And then there is the property of it where we feel, we internally sense and feel that that is a fact. That is real. That's our creation inside the mind. It's not coming from something just outside, but interestingly, we all have some common experience of that. If I see a mountain and you see a mountain, you know, I'm assuming you see the same mountain that I do, but I don't really know that that's the case. You know, so my truth is, yes, there's a mountain and someone has called it a mountain in the history of humanity in the English language. So then that shape is called a mountain. So there's a certain truth linguistically, but this is tricky. How do I know that you are also seeing the same mountain? How do I know that? Well, I don't know that. But unless we can have a conversation about it, and then we come to a consensus, we come to an agreement that, yeah, pretty much that what I'm saying, what I'm seeing and what I'm describing is what you're describing also, then we could say that there is external reality that is common to both of us, and that we're seeing the same thing, although there's no direct way of knowing that as such. So if you were to just look up the word truth, this is the first thing you would see. (laughs) Truth is the property of being in accord with fact or reality. And this where it gets very tricky. What is fact and what is reality? If you were to, to look up the word reality, I mean reality is a, is what is reality is the sum or aggregate of all that is real or existing within a system reality is the sum or aggregate of all that is real or existent within a system as opposed to that which is only imaginary so now to understand you know understand what is philosophy and then we talked about logic a little bit but i didn't want to go into it too deep because we need to get to these basic things first before we even get to logic really uh, otherwise we just wind up with a series of assumptions without really going through what those assumptions are so the word reality is defined as the sum of aggregate sum is the sum or the aggregate of all that is real or existent within a system So for example, if I'm sitting in my room, like I am right now, there are at least 50 different objects, computers and pictures, and there's a coffee mug I can see, there's a stylus pen, there's my glasses, there's a bunch of things, books, all kinds of things are here. So I can say that in this room, everything that is in my perception, visually and auditorily, as well as through my other senses, smell, etc., taste, touch, is all part of my reality, and that's the aggregate experience or the aggregate sum of what is existing within the system in the system i'm defining which i have to define also as the room so i'm sitting in a room <laughs> see how interesting this is i'm sitting in a room so that's my reality reality right now i'm assuming there's reality outside the room but it's not in my experience directly it's an assumption and that assumption of what is outside the room is also based on uh, my other experiences of seeing the trees outside and other things like that. So I'm assuming there's reality outside. Uh, and the word reality is different from that which is imagined. So imagination is totally different from reality, the way that this is described. You, what do you think about this? You know, because with imagination also is a type of process within us. It's very interesting. So, the word reality uh, is also used to refer to the ontological status of things, including their existence. Now, what does this mean? Now, we introduced a new word here, ontological, ontology. Ontology means study of being. You know, that's what it is. And it is um, another whole, whole area of um Of philosophy, ontology is the philosophical study of being. Being meaning existence. You know, so for example, I see my body right now. I see it. It's it's there. So the body is existing. All right, mind is existing. Okay. So then, what exactly does ontology study? You know, what what does this word being mean? What is being exactly? So if you look up that word, so in philosophy, being means the material or immaterial existence of things. Anything that exists is being. So existence itself is, in the broadest sense, being. B-E-I-N-G. So the knowledge that we get of the outside world is through our senses. There is that type of knowledge so being in philosophy refers to material or immaterial existence of things so being is a concept that encompasses objective and subjective features of reality and existence let's go into it slowly being the word being in the in the Discipline of philosophy is a concept, it's an idea, it's a word that's been created by thinkers, contemplators, that word encompasses objective features of reality and existence and it encompasses subjective features of reality and existence. Let's look at both of those. Being encompasses objective features of reality. The example I just gave, there is a certain objectivity to the room. It can be measured, the temperature in the room can be measured. There is the presence of all the objects in the room. They, are, they have a form, they have a certain name that is given by our society, they have a certain experience. That is, that is present, they give a certain experience, or they're within our experience, objectively. Objectively, because when we ask 15 other people to come in the same room, they will probably describe, assuming that they have the same kind of brain structure and mental setup, same type of senses, that they would see the same cup, they would hear the same sounds. That's an assumption. And then we talk to each other and we say, yeah, I hear the same thing. And it seems like we're talking about the same reality that is objective. That's how the entire empirical science is is developed. The medical sciences, biological sciences, physics, chemistry, all the hard sciences are all developed just based on this idea. And they're developed based on the agreement aspect among people that they're experiencing the same thing. And when we experience the same thing, that is called objective versus subjective. So if you were to look up the word objective, (laughs) this gets really interesting. See, so in philosophy, objectivity is the concept of truth independent from individual subjectivity. This distinction is interesting. Objectivity is the concept of truth. Again, Whatever truth may be, it is also a word that is trying to describe truth that is differentiated from the subjective experience. That is one's personal uh, um, experience of it. For example, if I have a cup of coffee, I experience the cup cup of coffee myself. I have a certain taste, certain sensation, certain smell is there certain touches there of the mug. That's my subjective experience. But objectivity would mean even if the even if Sachin is not experiencing that cup of coffee, it that if somebody has made that cup of coffee in the room somewhere, it still exists even though I don't experience it, even though I'm not in connection with it, even though I'm not seeing it. Even if I'm not seeing it, it's still there. So that, that's the whole idea of objective reality. So objectivity is the concept of independent truth or truth independent from individual subjectivity, which also means it is, it, is, it is truth that is existing by itself that is not based on biases caused by an individual's perceptions or biases caused by emotions or biases caused by imagination. I hope you're following. Very interesting. See there's objectivity, subjectivity. Our personal direct experience is subjective. If you were to look up look up the word subjectivity, subjectivity is a central philosophical concept related to consciousness, agency, personhood, reality and truth that has been variously defined by sources. This is a big discussion. This is, now this gets into much more esoteric and more difficult subject. More difficult exploration which we'll do some other time. But right now in a simple way of putting this that my experience of drinking coffee is my experience that's direct, it's personal, it's there's an emotion in it there's a certain feeling in it there's a sensation in it that is subjective as opposed to saying that there is the reality of the cup of cu- cup of coffee outside that is objective all right so now we were looking at the word being so when we try to understand what is meant by being we are looking at the subjective and the objective features of reality and existence is a very profound notion. Philosophy and the contemplation of philosophy or philosophical ideas and terms cannot be done in haste. It cannot be done hurriedly. It cannot be done without patience. It requires a great deal of steadiness and careful step-by-step inquiry and an understanding of the way that the philosophers historically and currently are using language. Why are we trying to do this in the EPE program? Doing this brings about a greater power to the intellect. It is a way of strengthening the intellectual muscle. Now, obviously, life is not just that. Life is strengthening emotions and becoming you know, curious about so many different aspects of life, having fun, enjoyment, all of that is there. But, but, but those who are interested in enhancing their mental power, the energy and personal excellence, philosophical exploration area is specifically for them. And I'm going through this very carefully, step by step, and I hope you're following. And I'm also hopeful that you will do your own study, which is what I'm encouraging you to do, so that we can go into a meditative dialogue about philosophical ideas, which can increase mental power, which then can enhance transformation, the transformation into wisdom. Which is what philosophy ultimately is all about. A transformation into greater clarity. A, great, a, a, a continual expansion of the love of further and further evolution, personal evolution. The love for enlightenment. The love of knowledge. The love of, of curiosity. You know, so um, it is an extraordinary journey to take. So I'm going through it slowly with you. Uh, And we will take it step by step.